0: Uh, so Emma Chamberlain, uh, I discovered who she was today and, um, it was because Alicia shared the Emma Chamberlain, I guess, discussion about hitting rock bottom. And then there was also a video from Colin and Samir on YouTube, uh, about them breaking down how she sort of hit that rock bottom because she felt like she didn't have a lot of purpose in life. And she felt that, uh, every time she rested wasn't actually a true rest. It was actually just her feeling guilty about not working more and harder. And so she was just depressed. But mm-hmm. eventually she figured out that um, something she had offloaded that normally would you know, give people back energy uh, and give you more time to go and do the things that you really mm-hmm. want to do, which was editing, was actually her source of energy. The thing that she found the right amount of challenge in. And mm-hmm. so she started editing again. And then all of a sudden, uh, she was able to be more productive and able to feel better about the things that she was doing in life because she was solving the creative problem of editing a story uh, for each video. And so I think finding that balance, finding that thing, uh, recognizing when you are burnt out, and then finding. The thing that gives you the energy to keep going and to do new things and to do the things you actually want to do, and mm-hmm. maybe m- most importantly, is to feel good about the things you want to do. Uh, that is critical, and I don't, I don't think I know what my thing is, and that's a scary proposition. As, uh, as I feel the energy deplete.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I definitely see what you're saying. I think me personally, I'd say like, you know, traveling and photography and music are my big ones. I, I think I get a lot of energy from obviously taking naps <laughs> that obviously regenerizes, <laughs> regenerizes me. Um, and that one really helps, but also just like, I I can know, I know when my mood is at a point where it's like, okay, I'm not sad because I'm sad I'm sad because I'm tired or I'm mad because I'm tired like let's go to sleep kind of thing um but I think going out and doing photography or going out and just like hang with the homies or listening to music those all are things that help me out just because of how I know in the past how I've reacted to situations
0: I guess if that makes any sense. I don't know if that was a ramble, but <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And I, I guess a lot of those things I find as well. Um, just spending time with people who you you feel comfortable spending time with, who you've spent time with a lot in the past. And, uh, and I think for the most part, it's good in, in the appropriate dosage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But I'm trying to think. If- you've ever felt guilty for like, I guess, lounging too much? I don't know if guilt is the right word for it, but I've definitely felt
1: like, oh my gosh, I want to be outside and I want to be doing things, but I know I can't be doing things. Um, I think the last time I felt that way, like really hardcore was at the end of April when like, COVID restrictions were like starting to lift, you know, like you were allowed to do some stuff. You couldn't do some other stuff. Um, But the big um, restriction for me was finals. And I had like an absolute grind of finals. Like I had like four in a row in one week and I knew I just had to grind it out and study, but the weather was so nice outside. And it's just like, I want to be doing other stuff outside of my house because I know I'm not getting the best life experience right here. But I also know at the same time, I have to do this test, these tests, and I have to study for them. So guilt of, of not doing things like of lounging too much. I don't know if I felt, but I've definitely felt like, wow, I want to be outside doing more things with more people. And I'm not sure if what I'm doing right now is, you know, the the best use of my time. But I know I have to do it, if that makes any sense.
0: It does. It does. It I, I don't know how else to put it, but I think it's, uh, I guess I'll ask it in a, in a question. Um, knowing that you were going to be on this path in the, in the grand scheme of things, right? That you, when you first started university, you knew mm-hmm. probably with the intention that you would finish university. And that was going mm-hmm. to take a certain amount of time and a certain amount of classes. And so that commitment at the very beginning And the expectation to follow through on that. I think, um, how would I ask this question? I would ask this by saying, by asking, uh, how much do you think knowing that you're on the the pathway, that sort of each class you pass is a stepping stone to finish this mini quest called university, uh, influences the fact that you can feel like every day feels like progress? Wow, that was a convoluted question. No,
1: I'm just, I'm the, I'm just thinking about the question because I understand what you're saying. Um, like if every day is a step in the right direction or in a direction, how does it feel like to be accomplishing more each day? Um, I'm not 100% sure if I feel like every single day is an accomplishment in itself. I understand the validity in individuals who do that, just because it's like, it's a helpful, um, not metric, but it's a helpful gauge at like, oh my gosh, I am, you know, I'm still doing things, you know, sometimes if you get into a bad mental health space, like I've been there where it's like, I just need to get through today and then I'll get through tomorrow. But I'm at a point now mentally where it's like, I'm just ready to go. I guess if that makes sense, like, it's, I I see the progress when I look back, like now when I'm looking back, I'm like, wow, I did eight months in internship. And I did, like, I've done X many classes, and I have this GPA. And like, I have these experiences, like I'm looking back now. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And it'll help me go forward. But I don't think like looking at yesterday, I'm like, okay, yesterday is going to set me up for the future kind of thing. I think it's each day is little building blocks, but I don't recognize them until it's a tower, if that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, it, it does make sense. I, I think you answered a different question, though. My bad. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, I didn't phrase it clearly. Uh, and the question is, how aware are you of the, the situation that you're in creating an automatic sense of progress?
1: The situation that I'm in, creating an automatic sense of prog- like A default you're, sense you're, of progress. Like, at, mm, like you finish a class and it's like, oh, I've done this now. I can check that off the list That because they provided a list for me. Is that what you're asking me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you had four finals in one week, but you knew at the end of mm-hmm. the week, provided that you passed the finals, uh, that yes. that's another semester done. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so if you think of it in terms of like, chunks of semesters. When you get that semester done, it's like, there was no other way to do it than the way that you did it. There was no way to do mm-hmm. it faster. And uh, you tried your best. And so that is an automatic sense of progress. But at a certain point in life, the, the rails that show progress uh, stop being as clear. Mm-hmm. And I think- yeah. I think it's really hard to understand it until you feel it firsthand. But I'm just curious because I, I, when, when I was in school, I definitely didn't recognize that having structure was extremely helpful. So much so that like I thought of each week of a class, there were 13 weeks in a semester, I thought of each week in a class as that's another week done. and it might be I didn't, who I am as a person requiring, you know, those little milestones that I, I made up for myself. Um, but I'm curious if you experience the same thing. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure
1: if it's a milestone for me per se. One thing that I've always noticed about my, like how I progress through life is I'm always looking forward to things that are coming up. I'm not more like okay this week is done that's another one out of the done done semester it's always like okay this thing is coming out this th- this next week a big thing for me was music you know there's always new music coming out um Thursdays at midnight um is when new music comes out on on streaming so it was like okay I know next Friday this new album is going to come out and I really want to listen to that album I just need to keep keep pushing until that day so it was less about what I'm doing in school to try and get like progression it's just working towards like a a day when something else comes I guess and same with stuff like this event is coming up I need to prepare for it you know I'm looking forward to this event I'm working towards that event it's 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 not really a week by week thing
0: for me it's more of a what's coming up next that I'm excited about that's a great that that is a, a great way to look at it And I think it does answer it. It's like, yeah, if something is exciting and on the horizon, uh, then then you just can't wait, right? Each day is like, oh, wow. Each minute, each second is like, that's a second closer that I get to do this thing that I want to do in the future. But if you don't have that, then I think you probably experience something similar as as Emma Chamberlain did, does. Yeah. I think it's also like, I've
1: always felt those times as well, where it's like, I don't have anything I'm looking forward to. And then that's, that's been tough on me. Like during the pandemic, when there was like not a ton to be looking forward to is like, crap, what am I, I guess, looking forward to, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like, yes, in the future, there'll be more things, but it's not concrete. Like I need concrete, like this day, this thing is coming out, kind of thing, or this day I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm going to hang out with the homies on Friday or I'm seeing um, someone I haven't seen in a while next week. I need like concrete days, which is why I probably like planning my weeks in advance as well. Uh, But yeah, I'm more of a looking forward to the future rather than checking off the week. Like I have 20 more minutes until I can check this off my list kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's a, a really positive way to look at it.
1: And I guess it's the same thing in a sense that, you know, if if you're talking about 13 weeks in a semester, checking off each one, it's similar in that it's like, okay, 20 more minutes, I can check off that this came out and I have, you know, experienced it, listened to it, seen it, done it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's, if it's a different mindset, I guess. I'm not sure.
0: I, I think Lesson's it's kind of weird. Two sides <laughs> of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah, where, you know, as soon as something is done and you check it off, then automatically like the next most natural thing is to look at the next thing and to see how, what the progress map is to go and check off the next thing. So if it's being excited for an album drop, that is the next thing. And the required steps are to get ready for Thursday at midnight and that's it. Exactly
1: yeah and I think that also helps me push you like I know there's been big album drops in the past where it's like this is what I'm pushing towards like I I very vividly remember when I was in sixth grade like summer was coming up it was like uh, end of Mar- May May so I had like exams coming up like the PAT exams um but Maroons 5's album Overexposed was coming out at the end of June and I just kept pushing towards that because like payphone is a smash like such a good song and i was just like looking forward to that album that i was like okay i need to keep pushing until this album drops um and that's kind of what kept me going and i i think as i've grown that's always been something that's been there with me is like there's new music coming out that's amazing
0: i uh i don't think i know anybody who gets more excited about uh maroon five drops than you
1: okay for the record it was only that one maroon five drop after that album i stopped really following them too closely uh, i did enjoy their song with kendrick um i don't want to know i think that's what it's called great song uh there's also a great remix of that song but uh yeah otherwise i haven't been following them too much <laughs> well do you, I've do you heard- have a page that you share your thoughts on music you know i don't actually and i've i've been told a couple times now that I should do something like that. Like one of my colleagues at work over the summer was like, you should start a thing. And I, I was like, oh, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know. I think, I think that like music is like very, um, it, it's, it's subjective, right? Like it's per person. And it's like, I think it's like, if I start my own thing, it's like, why, why would people care about my opinion, I guess, if that makes sense, like on this topic, because it's like, I think it would make sense if I was tying my personal experiences to the songs and that was trying to kind of giving like guidance or like, um, you know, life experience and advice kind of thing. But like, I think pure, pure review style articles or, you know, like YouTube video reviews, I don't know. It's just, it, I guess I don't jive well with it because I know I love some projects that people absolutely hate. Um, like for starters, like the Big Day by Chance the Rapper. That's universally like really people don't like that album, um, but I really enjoy that album. There's great songs on there. Um, I connected with quite a number of songs on that project, but it's like what I'm thinking about this could is definitely different than someone else is thinking about this. Um, I guess why would someone come? And read my opinion I guess (laughs) if that makes sense I'd rather be going out and taking photography and listening to the music with friends and making memories to that music than critiquing it because I also think that once you get into the critiquing and the nitty-gritty it's like it becomes less enjoyable like if I'm listening to a vinyl album and I'm like oh the master's not great on the you know, the X, Y, Z end or on the high, the highs are kind of chopped or like, it feels a little compressed, like that kind of stuff, it becomes less enjoyable. So it's, it's like, you kind of have to n- not be so critical about it. Cause if, if it sounds good to you and like, you're enjoying it, don't be critical about it just because it's like, that's what it's, it's, it's just supposed to be like there to help you out and move through life with you. And it's like, it's kind of, if you're if you're starting to be critical, it becomes less. So do you, do you think that of, uh, every single thing you seconds. write
0: about music or you say about music needs to be critical? Because I think a lot That's of people a, would, a lot of people would just. They probably know you as oh yeah like Chris he's really into music he's got a lot of vinyls and his tastes are diverse, but nobody goes in thinking oh I'm gonna like every single thing that Chris likes. And if Chris likes it, that's true. And I don't like it, then I'm just gonna stop reading his stuff. Nobody, nobody true. thinks that. But I think that a lot of people would appreciate at least getting a sense of what they should pay attention to, to see if they like it. Mm. Because there's so much music out there. And that is true. It's a big, wide ocean. Uh, but if they know you, then they might be. Curious about what type of music that you like, and it's you know the overlaps not going to be hundred percent, but it's somewhere to start. Yeah, no, for sure, and I, I feel like I told you
1: uh, about this before, but I'm really trying to steer steer away from having like a dream job because it's like who would want to dream about doing work? It's more like I want to do things that I like, and if that's a job, that's great. Um, but I guess one exception to that rule is I would love to be like Zane Lowe at Beats One in, in London. Um, just he has a radio show on Apple Beats One radio. And it's just like he gets to listen to music and talk to artists all day and just you know hang out. So I'd love to do that or Spotify and Apple Music have curators that have to that get to curate their playlist. And I think that would be so much fun. Just like sitting there listening to tunes and being like, "This is good for this playlist. This is good for this playlist," and then creating vibes and just that kind of thing. Like, if you look through my Apple Music uh, library, it's just all playlists because it's just like, yeah, I've been in a specific mood to listen to specific things. So, I think that'd be a lot of fun to curate playlists.
0: And uh, and so, you already curate the playlists, but what what stands in the way of it becoming? you know, a quote unquote job. That is true.
1: That's, that is a good question. Um, I think really uh, it, it's a lack of security, I guess, you know, like it's more, it's easier to find a role in like banking or in business sectors that are like pretty, you know, cut and like dry and like you know what is expected out of you rather than like the very few people that get to do these in these these more intricate and more um like really niche jobs I guess so I guess yeah a lot I guess that's a risk I would have to want to take is like being okay with just jumping and trying to get that position and then I guess another thing is like knowing the right people. Cause I'm sure it's a lot of it, it, like the whole music industry is all networking. You know what I mean? Like it's all people know people.
0: Well, how, how it, does so the networking start?
1: Too. You know, I've, I've looked, I've looked into that quite a bit. Um, it seems like it, it starts, you have to be at the right like schools if you're trying to go into business for music there's schools in the States that do it specifically. I hadn't really seen any of them in Canada. Um, and a lot of the like smaller, like indie labels and just like regular labels in general um, will go to those schools and like find the networks. Like I had, I did a a little networking call with someone from Sony music a couple of weeks back because I was really interested in what she did at Sony um, because she was in data analytics. And I thought that was really cool. And I was like, that'd be something I'd love to do. Um, and her one of her big tips was go to the, like their networking sessions, like Sony Music's networking sessions. Um, but unfortunately, they don't come to our school like um, so you see. So you kind of have to shape what school you're going to, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but that's not to say that I can't get a job like her. It's just it might be a little harder, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Have you heard of uh, the 1,000 true fans? I have not. So this, this is an exciting conversation then. Um, 1,000 true fans is a concept that was made popular by a guy, an early internet blogger named Kevin Kelly. And it's a concept that has been repeated over and over by numerous creators thereafter. But the idea is all you need is 1,000 people on the whole planet who know who you are and who are willing to spend $100 a year on the value that you give them. And the internet age is one that is incredible, uh, unprecedented because it is easier than ever to find those thousand people and to deliver that value. And with that, you have a whole bunch of new jobs, professions, things that you can do that can also support a living for you. Hmm. that yeah, that makes sense. So if you like think of from thinking about like who gives you value, right? Maybe it's some of these musicians, and hmm. you think, "Wow, like, you know. It probably gets close to a hundred dollars for for quite of the quite a few of these uh, creators in some sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, per year that you deliver to them, and it's mm-hmm. not too mm-hmm. crazy to think that no, for sure. You know there could be a thousand people who might get a hundred dollars of value from the things that you do. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's super interesting. You know, I never thought about it that way. I guess it's a similar concept. Like if everyone on earth gave me a billion or one dollar, I'd have like seven billion dollars, right? So it's like it's 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 the understanding that you know, as more people come, it's like it gets it yet you need less from each person to get where you want to be as long as your goalposts don't change. So that's interesting. To think about for sure like if I was trying to start like a playlist blog or something like that you'd only I'd only need a, a thousand true fans but I guess my question would be how does that um, translate into what we were just talking about with networking like if we're not talking dollar dollars like a hundred dollars from each one how does that translate like a hundred or a thousand different connections I guess like a thousand people would probably know someone, I guess, if that, I guess is, is that what you're trying to say, Max?
0: No, uh, what I'm saying is there, there's a tremendous amount of value that isn't being done right now Mm -hmm. where, and then there's a tremendous amount of value that is being done and it's being transferred on, um, on things like Patreon where a creator does something and people like it and they'll give a certain amount of money. And on Patreon, you know, I think Mm -hmm. the average donation is is much less than $100. Um, Yes. But the the point is they're just doing what they're doing. And then people are providing them uh, like a a certain amount of value. But your your generosity in terms of a Patreon donation uh, doesn't need to be limited to just that. There's a lot of different avenues to generate, you know, an income for yourself. Uh, It can come from Mm -hmm. AdSense. It can come from Merch. It can come from NFTs. It can come in all different shapes and sizes. It can come in consulting, which is a lot of one of the easier ways to to get to that point um, because it's a direct trade Mm -hmm. of of time. And yeah, time and expertise. I think opening that up and just thinking in, in terms of that allows you to have so many more possibilities with how your life goes. Mm -hmm. No, I I definitely,
1: I see that and I agree with that. And that's, that's an interesting point that you bring up and that'll definitely change my perspective a little bit on, you know, going forward to finding positions that I really want to be in.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's great to go and do that. But I think all this is to convince you to uh, start writing a newsletter and uh, so that I can subscribe (laughs) to it. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Maybe,
1: maybe I will do that. I have to, you know, first find a time to do it. But I think, I think that's the biggest stepping stone. Oh, that's the biggest hurdle for everyone is just starting. Like, that's the big thing, including this podcast and like making it into a habit. Yeah, exactly. And so, like starting and making it a hot habit
0: is to have external accountability and to make it a super low mm-hmm. bar to press send. Yeah, and then so, once it becomes a habit, you can start to improve the uh, improve the, the content.
1: Yeah, like just start it off simple body, and then you know it doesn't even have to be a fancy like Mailchimp email; it can just be
0: an email a very basic email. Yeah. You can Um, literally start with my email and, uh, and it can just be what you would normally type out in a message.
1: That's super, that's super interesting to say that. Yeah. Maybe I I will start doing that. Thank you for that idea, Max. I appreciate that.
0: And you could just imagine, right? Maybe this week you've got me and Paolo and Alicia. And then next week Mm -hmm. we're going to tell some friends and if we each told one friend, we get into, you know, this sort of exponential growth stage. Yeah. And so on. Now I'm just
1: thinking about what I need to write on. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And then I guess, yeah, the the big thing for me is what I want to write on like one section on each song or just like. The project as a whole or like how, how i would want to structure that but i guess that's for me to take offline and think
0: more about i think it doesn't matter because i i think we want to hear from you because you're knowledgeable mm-hmm. about this thing uh you've already put in a thousand plus hours into understanding the landscape of your little corner of music and so for yep. us to get to that same level we would need to put in that time and we're not going to put in that time. So the thoughts that you of have course. are going to be very <laughs> unique because you have that history of just like following what interested you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's cause you're right. It has been a long time. I,
1: I always go back to the first um, few like dance music albums I listened to. So like 20, 11, yeah, so 10 years ago now, Tiesto's Club Life to Las Vegas, was a good one that had some great tracks on it. Um, And then 2014 with his A Town Called Paradise album, again, another album some people in the community didn't like at the time, but I thought it was a great little per- progressive house album. Um,
0: But yeah, no, it's been a long time. <laughs> we want to know about it. I had no idea that the community didn't like chance, the rappers, the big day. I liked it really. I like a yeah, yeah, I... plays on hot shower. Okay. Clearly some people liked it. That is true. That is true. Yeah, no, I, um,
1: I'll bring it back here then, I guess. Um, so the big day came out, um, July of 2019 and there was so much hype behind it right because he dropped acid rap and coloring book and he was kind of just this like poster child for hip-hop music and you know i guess people that aren't in the hip-hop scene listening to rap music um he was kind of that you know i guess not really family friendly but like he, he had a squeaky clean reputation like he he made songs that people can enjoy from all different sides of sides of music um you know, he was doing great things for his community in Chicago. Um, so he just had a lot of great things going for him. So there's a lot of hype behind this project. Um, he kept saying, he was like, this album is going to be the best. Like, it's going to be a great debut, right? Because it is, it was his debut album because Coloring Book, Acid Rap, and 10 Day were all mixtapes. Um, and as well, his Christmas project with Jeremiah, um, I think was like a pseudo mixtape. Like, I think it had some samples in there. So yeah. Um, yeah, take of that what you will. But he was hyping it up, and I remember, like, he was on Kimmel or Fallon one night in mid-July. I can't remember which one, but I remember he was on mid-July, mid-July to promote the album. And at that point, he didn't have a, um, what's it called? It He didn't have a, a release date set up. So it was just, we knew it was coming soon. We didn't know when. And he was appearing on Kim Will or Fallon or whatever. I couldn't remember which one, but he was appearing. So that was like, oh my gosh, it's going to drop. Like, it's going to be the greatest. Like, this is going to be great, right? So he, he, I watched the appearance on whatever stream I was watching on some janky, like, YouTube stream, I guess. Um, and he, you know, I think he performed a song off Coloring Book or something, and then he was like, the album's coming out. I think it was July 29th. And I was like, okay. So I stayed up this late for July 20 to find out that the album's coming out on July 29th. So that at first it was like i get it but also that's kind of annoying you know what i mean like um there is so much hype in the community building up but i guess like from a, a a marketing perspective that's what you want is you want your community to get that hype and then you know continually hype get hype sounds like donda sounds <laughs> it, it's it's not as crazy as donda but yeah for sure it is like donda um So yeah, middle middle of July, we fast forward to the end of July, July 29th comes. um, And you already know, like, I don't know if you do this, Max, but um, if there's a project that I am waiting for, I will stay up until, so it's 10 p.m. um, Mountain Time, where we live, um, 12 p.m. Eastern, so midnight. Um, So I'm already staying up until 10, but like I will at 10 drop whatever I'm doing and go listen to the new project. So... July 28th um 10 p.m mountain time comes and it goes without the big day coming out and people were talking on Twitter they're like you know maybe he's waiting for midnight Chicago time because chance from Chicago it's like okay great I'll wait another hour right doesn't come maybe he's dropping at midnight LA time for whatever reason okay we wait 2 a.m comes and I am waiting for 2 a.m because I'm just so hyped for this project 2 a.m and a lot of people were we stayed until 2 a.m and it didn't come we're like okay, I guess it's not coming. We'll go to bed. So I went to bed, wake up, go to work. I'm on my lunch break and noon comes and the big day drops. And I'm like, okay, clear my, clear whatever I'm doing today. Like I was working. So I like, obviously I had to keep working. But while I was working, I was listening to the project. Um, and I listened to, you know, the the, the first little while. So there, the first song is... Um, all day long with john legend yeah i think yep i think yes it is yeah that's correct all day long with john legend great song um everyone who read it was like this is great like you know he's back because like he was you know you know is it's, it's a fun song great 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 time with john legend i think john legend as an aside he's a great um musician obviously but i think where he really shines is on features on rap songs like i i haven't been able to get into art, his r&b stuff but maybe that's not because i'm an r&b person um but his features are always top notch on rap songs um so I, that was inside but um all day long was good um the next one's do you remember with uh with uh death cab for cutie great song i love that song um and then i can't remember what the third song is but i do know that the fourth song is hot shower or maybe it's the fifth song. Can't remember. But no, you're right. <laughs> hot it shower came. This is the fourth song.
0: Is Eternal the third song, or is that the fifth song? I, I can't believe you're doing this for memory. Uh, Eternal is the third song. Eternal is the third song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. The fourth song comes hot shower. I'm like, what
1: is that? Like, I was like, this is interesting because he also came out with a single, uh, as as some people call it, uh, a Lucy. So it was not included in the album. It was called Groceries um and it was a very interesting it was just it was a fun rap song but people were either like this is fun I like it or like they didn't like it um but then Hot Shower came and like I was like this is kind of weird but like I listened to the whole album and I, I I enjoyed it some standout songs I love on there um Town on the Hill um Five Year Plan I love Five Year Plan the um the Randy Newman feature on um Five Year Plan so good and the final <laughs> verse like Chance's final verse, so good. Um, but I go on Reddit, and so many people are just like, "This is not it. This isn't good. I hated this. This was terrible." Why? That like, it sounds like he's just freestyling the whole album. So it, it, there was a very polarized opinion on this project. You either really liked it or you really hated it, and most people really hate it. Like it is. I think it is one of the most hated albums of 2019 for the fact that a there was so much hype. And B, there is so much expectation. You know, he dropped Acid Rap and Coloring Book. Coloring Book was the first um, project to win a Grammy, I think, ever, I want to say, across all categories. Wow. No, that's a lie, because Macklemore was independently released. Um, But Chances was the the first one to be released for free, only on streaming. That's the distinction. Um, But, like, he had so much expectation that when he didn't meet people expectations people were just so let down and i i, I don't know it's just it was an interesting time and people are still like not letting him live that down right now like every time a chance feature comes out there's so much like skepticism and criticism and like he i think he will bounce back but it's like he's kind of hit hit that like falling off um point where it's like people don't um you know i guess love him the way they used to i think golden age was probably 2016 2017 um and you can tell that from like his socials like he used to get tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of of likes on his tweet on his twitter retweets he's now you know a good tweet is like 10k or above like he's really fallen out of that prominent spot and i think that's that's interesting to see that might also be the attention span of the new generation i guess because like coloring book came out around the time where TLOP came out so the life of pablo by kanye and um i think it was views yeah views by drake so 2016 in general was just a very big year for music um and then 2017 as well Um, he kind of his influence just carried over into 2017 he had a the collab with DJ Khaled and Quavo and uh, Lil Wayne and Justin Bieber on the one Um, so he just he had that influence um, and he just kind of fell off so that was kind of kind of not like I don't love that like I still I love his music still like all whenever he releases a, a feature I'll take a peek at it like one of his newest ones is is uh kind of more of just a fun track it's the bikini bottom he's on and it's just it's just a weird track but it was it was fine um but yeah no a lot of people hated that album and he has fallen off as a result
0: i learned something today that was <laughs> wow that's uh very sad for chance
1: very sad indeed i think you know i've, I've been thinking a lot about that like his music like the coloring book era his music had a sort of like chicago community vibe to it and i was listening over the summer i did this thing where i would listen to you know two or three albums in full no skips while i was working so i you know i i i'd first like go and look at albums i'd want to listen to myself like me personally i'd never listened through blonde by frank ocean in full without a skip so i did that i just like sat there and did my work and listened to it and like it's all right. I understand it's cultural relevance. I don't love it as a project, but I understand it's cultural relevance. That album is what 2016 was as a year. And I think specifically summertime, like in the, in New York city, like we all, anyone who was on social media at that time knew who Casey Neistat was and was watching Casey Neistat. And I think, um, understanding how Casey Neistat was living and then what he was doing and where he was doing it. And, just that general vibe and feel of 2016 is represented in Blonde, and so I see the cultural relevance. I just don't love the project, but I listened to Telephone by No Name, which also came out in 2016, and that is a great mixtape. And it sound it has a has the same vibe as Coloring Book, and I just I love that vibe, and I think that's kind of a vibe that I want to be on for like the rest of my life. I guess like the community vibe, the the spirit vibe, and just like the New York city 2016 2017 vibe, where you know people are like doing new things, you know it's a it's a very weird like time because Trump just got elected and like 2016 the election was happening. So it's a very weird time politically, but like there was always that sense of community, and I think that was a great time to be alive i guess and um yeah no I, I love that community sound and um i'd love projects like that to come back for sure like i would love to hear another album like coloring book or or telephone
0: wow you've given me some homework and uh <laughs> and to anyone still listening i guess i will release this uh <laughs> okay if you've made it this far uh go and subscribe to chris's newsletter in the link uh, in the description we're starting your newsletter here. That was the audio. The, newsletter here. the audio snippet. The audio debut. To uh, to your music <laughs> review career.
1: That'd be cool. That'd be a lot of fun. And I think, like, are you going? You're are you gonna attach this onto the end of the three questions, or is this just? Like no, a this is gonna thing? be
0: uh, episode two bonus.
1: Okay, episode two bonus. I like that. I like that. Um, but yeah, I I personally I just. 2017 was such a good year for me and like, I don't know, just culturally, like it was just such a memorable year, I guess.
0: Um, Yeah. Probably for, for a lot of people. And yeah. As part of like the cultural, uh, I, I use this word too much, but the the zeitgeist of that 2016, 2017 Mm -hmm. era in, in culture, in music, in politics, in society, and, you know, culture represents is a, what is it, is an echo to real life? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. You know, when I was in 2016. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to capture the meaning here. Yeah, 2016 was
1: like a tough year when I was in it, just because of like how I was growing. And like I was in the middle of high school. So like there was a lot of things going on. And just it was it was a tough year. I'd say I did a lot of growing, but like looking back on it, like the culture and what was going on, and like as you mentioned, the zeitgeist, like the 2017, 2016 was just like a very um it was a very I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but like, it was very um, I know potent is not the word because that's a smell. But like, it was very like, in your face, it was very like, this is what's happening right now. And people are living it. And maybe that was because I was like 15, 16 years old. And maybe it's because I didn't see some things people were seeing. But yeah, no, I 2017 is still like my favorite year that I've lived, I think just such such a great year
0: besides getting my wisdom teeth taken out i that was that was probably the worst experience of my life well you know i think that the highest highs come with the uh, the lowest lows i i agree with that i agree with that i think you
1: mentioned once like it's not about like lows and highs it's about like the trajectory of your lows and highs like if your new low is still higher than your last high like that's great because you're that means you're growing um so i think that definitely comes into play but also like i appreciate the positive times more now that i have had negative times
0: so yeah exactly it's uh wow this the last three things i've said have been cliche but uh you don't <laughs> know what you have until you lose it yeah no that's <laughs>
1: complete i i agree 110 percent. like it's like that quote from andy from the office like i wish there was a time to know when the good times are over when you're actually in the good times but i think i've i think i've kind of caught on to that now like i know when i'm feeling like this is a good time when it's like okay i need to like live fully in this moment i guess if that makes
0: sense it does yeah it's It takes experience
1: to know that though. Um, Oh, for sure. Like if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, I would not have known. But now that I know of like what a good time is, what a bad time is. And I know like times will not be the same because I'm growing and everything's gonna be different, but I can still understand, you know, this is this is like I'm feeling vibes that are
0: great right now and I want to stay on them. It's that bittersweet feeling that you're like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. so good, but I know that it has to end at some point yeah
1: no for sure and i think john you know you've seen johnny harris's video on the nostalgia theory where it's like things that are in your immediate memory um like within the past few days really impact your outlook on you know the next few days um and i yeah, think that's I, a big it. thing where it's just like if I'm recognizing that, wow, this was great. Like the past few days, like I've been seeing a lot of friends doing a lot of cool things. It's like, I'm excited for the future, but it's also like, now it's like when I rec- when I feel that I recognize it, like, okay, I need to slow down and take a moment to like, take this in.
0: And that's what uh, reflection is for. Yeah. And that can come through in the newsletter. <laughs>
1: Coming back to the newsletter.
0: Well, maybe I really after, want it.
1: Maybe after, maybe after this week when I'm done, like, school. Because school's really ramping up
0: now. <laughs> it's You can use school's it ridiculous. As, as an outlet.
1: Yeah, no, that's facts. Maybe, I don't know about after, right after this. Because after this, I want to grab a cup of water. Because I've been talking for, like, <laughs> an hour now. But, uh, yeah, no. I think that, that'd be a lot of fun. And that's a great idea for
0: a project. And yeah. if you think it's it's a sidestep to your career, it's actually uh, not at all a sidestep. It is directly in line to how you can stand out. Yeah. Amongst other people. Amongst yeah. other people, of course. And to yourself. It's, you know, it's like a win-win-win.
1: I've never thought about that way, but you're completely
0: correct. Uh, I, I should credit Ali Abdel. So we have two YouTube references here. We've got numerous music references here. We've got numerous quotes of uh, cliches. This is, uh, this is a heavy reference bonus episode.
1: For sure, yeah. Are you going to put the references in the description, Max?
0: Uh, I Unfortunately, audience, uh, you will only see Chris's sign up to his newsletter link. The references <laughs> will be just for audio consumption. No, that
1: makes complete sense. I'm trying to think of an album to end off this episode with, you know, to give people something to listen to. Um, You know, obviously my favorite album at the moment, Good Faith by Maddie On. Um, one of my buddies came to me and said, he said, Chris, I listened to Good Faith for the first time. And this is my favorite album of the past year and a half. And that like really meant something to me. I was like, wow, like I'm glad that you enjoyed what I'm enjoying. And I'm glad that my recommendation, you know, kind of, stuck with you um so yeah check out on's good faith album that one's a good one amazing all right
0: well thank you so much max for having me on no thank you for coming on you are the inaugural guest and let's go this bonus episode in my opinion uh is is a lot more real and i hope people listen to this one and i hope people sign up to your music letter thank you Okay. Peace. Bye.